Ladies and gentlemen, it is currently 1.02 p.m. over here in the United States and over in Germany where our friend Gio is. It is a lot later. Is it like about 7 p.m. or something? That's what you said last night? Yeah. Yeah. So it is 7 p.m. over in Germany. And uh, we will be going into the details of like where he's at, all that fun stuff. But welcome to the 18th episode of the Anatomy Podcast. I am your host, Sean Cross, and today we are going to be hosting none other than Geo from Red Beans No Mercy, in which adding another band to the lineup, as always, is really, really cool. But on top of that, jumping across the ocean and going into these European countries, I mean, the last we did that was with Distant, which was the Netherlands. So I am super hyped to be bringing, once again, another European band into the lineup, endorsing them, helping promote any content that they have already released and what they have yet to release, that type of fun stuff. So as you guys know, with the Anatomy Podcast, we have two sections for the session itself. And this is just speaking for the Anatomy Podcast. We have when like the members and stuff, the people, we're talking about the people, we're getting to know their musical background, where they grew up, how that affected the songwriting, all that fun stuff, top five, top five records. Um, it's going to be really fun. And then in the next part, the second half of the Anatomy podcast session, we will be asking all the juicy questions like, how was Red Means No Mercy formed? Where was the band name established? Um, what helps distinguish, what they think helps distinguish Red Means No Mercy from other bands? And what is next? So as we dive into the session and go ahead and learn about the people, we do indeed have the vocalist of Red Means No Mercy with us here tonight. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm. Uh, I have a lot to do, but it's always nice to have like something relaxing as a podcast. Yes, to get like something through the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like honestly, it's funny because at the beginning of the podcast and everything, and even promoted recently by my editor. I was thinking at the beginning of actually having Warzone sessions with musicians and then doing questions like this, which sounded incredibly stressful. And I forgot who told me that, but they're like, eh, maybe you should just do a podcast instead of being sweaty and Warzone and then asking the questions at the same time whilst trying not to get your ass whooped in, you know, the map in, uh, let's see, Verdansk and now being this more Pacific map, this more Pacific oasis. Um, but to start off, we wanted to go ahead and learn more about you, my friends. So tell us your name, tell us where you were born, and basically um, take as much time as you want. But after all the elementary level questions, really, except, you know, what is your favorite color or what is your favorite animal, that type of shit, um, we'll go ahead and dive into uh, what got you into contributing to your current project. So take it away, sir. So, yeah. Uh... As you say, I'm Gio or Geo, and uh, my full name is Georgi Demchenko. As you can already notice, uh, I am not from Germany itself. I'm, uh, I was born in Ukraine, in Kiev. Uh, okay. Yeah, we moved here when I was like really little. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm 21. 
uh, we have the band since 2017, so like five year anniversary this year. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm studying to become a teacher, uh, as like many, a lot of uh, metal vocalists in Germany. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, also I work at Burger King, like as a part time job, got the band and everything. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Ugh. Well, basically start off um, after getting all those like kind of elementary things out of the way and just like, oh, I have a job and I want to become a teacher and stuff, which is actually really, really cool. And by teacher, do you mean like a vocal teacher or what? No, no, no. I, I'm becoming a teacher for like uh, five to fir 13th grade Oh, uh, for German language and uh, history. Oh, wow. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely not, you know, elementary level, as I just stated. So I recount that statement. But instead, we have a vocalist on here who's looking to get into uh, education and teaching, which is really, really cool. Um, I, I half expected you to be wanting to get into vocal teachings and stuff like that. But that's actually even cooler. And uh, you said you were uh, you were born in the Ukraine, which is, I can only imagine, crazy and very... Uh, yeah interesting experience right now um for lack of a better term with everything going on um and i mean our thoughts and prayers go out to the people who are actively trying to flee and or who are defending the ukraine right now um and defending kiev you know kind of lashing back at the russians for what it's worth and when the time is necessary which i heard about the other day that was actually pretty impressive just like out of nowhere artillery strikes and russian tanks i'm like that's smart give them the idea that you know, you are defenseless yeah. and then kind of come back and, you know, make a comeback to say the least and definitely not encouraging war, but you know, this is attempted genocide. So it is very important and it's very, very honorable and inspiring what the Ukrainian people are doing right now. And, um, you said at the age of five or something, you ended up moving to uh, Germany, right? Um, so I do apologize yeah, yeah. that. I have to ask again. You said uh, you moved to uh, Germany at the age of five or something? Uh, at three, yeah. Three? Wow, okay. And uh, what, yeah. what part of Germany are you currently in? Uh, it's called Hessen or Hesse, I think. Hesse? Um, yeah, it's like the middle. I, I live in the middle of Germany. Oh, Ex wow. Exactly the middle. Cool. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. So you're at the epicenter of Germany, which again, it's it's really awesome to be talking to folks over there. It seems like, I mean, uh, centuries ago, the only way to do this type of thing, the only way to communicate over there would be through a freaking portal or something. Just like, all right, let's talk to our German <laughs> allies over there. But um, that's really cool, actually. And um, I have to ask then, what got you into wanting to become yeah. a teacher for German uh, language and history? Because that's that's a very brand, that's a very fresh thing for the podcast and just a fresh thing for my own perspective personally. So the thing is, I I did German and maths, but mm -hmm. then I switched maths to history because it's really hard to study at COVID times, like oh, especially yeah. math. <laughs> right. And, but I I can still become a math teacher later, um, because it's like. The thing, yeah, you know how to teach. And if you got the basics, then you can teach it later, you know? Um, 
yeah, German language was actually pretty hard for me. But uh, then, like, at the last years of school, uh, I got really good. And I really started to enjoy, like, uh, lectures and literature. Sweet. That's, that's actually yeah, really history, cool. History was, yeah. And history was, like, the, the thing I would have changed if I didn't want to do German language. But then uh -huh. it turned out to be a change for maths, you know. Yeah, no, that's actually really cool. And, uh, you know, just for the sake of a white boy from the United States not really knowing that much about Ukrainian <laughs> culture, um, just for the sake of speaking on language, which you're going to be teaching German language eventually, which is super cool, um, does Ukraine have its yeah. own language separate from Russian? Or they do they speak like a, a separate iteration yeah. of Russian? Uh, so, like, most people speak Russian, but... A lot of people also speak Ukrainian, you know? It's like okay. an own language. It has parts of Russian language, but it's actually really different. Okay, cool. So it's like Spanish so, and like, then, you know, migrating over to yeah. uh, countries like Mexico or something. They have their own little kind of sub-language, you know, that they kind of formed on their yeah. own. So, mm -hmm. so the thing is, uh, like, I never learned Ukrainian. Because uh, oh. Russian seemed to be more common for my parents as well. And like with Russian, I can also talk in Ukraine. But I can also talk like with Russian countries. Um, right. Or like states. And uh, yeah, we actually also have like Russian and German lyrics in our songs. I tried to combine it a little bit. That's really cool. Uh, we also had, had a little bit Romanian because our guitarist is from there. Oh, sick. So yeah, we tried to... Like, like some some nice uh, language stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be a um, lingual diversity that you have in your lyrics then, yeah. which is super super cool. And I mean, yeah, that's actually super awesome. Um, the the more I know about Ukraine, the better, because all I know is that speaking for Ukraine, um, one of the best things to come out of that country um, musically would be none other than Ginger, and they had to uh, postpone tour alongside Slipknot, which I'm like, holy yeah. shit, they're touring with Slipknot now. Um, you know, they decided to postpone that, jump off the tour, and now they are attending to their people, their fellow um, Ukrainians, which is super, super cool. And I can only hope that, again, everybody over there in Ukraine is safe. Our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Um, it is a very, very uh, unprecedented time that we are walking into where out of nowhere, the Kremlin himself is like, hey, we're going to invade Ukraine, and if anybody intervenes, well, it will be nuclear war. It's just like a fuck moment, just absolute sobering. It's incredibly sobering. But kind of uh, moving on, um, whilst paying tribute to Ukraine, by all means, um, I wanted to know your top five bands and or records over the years, whether metal or non-metal, that have either helped you become a better musician or has helped you uh, forge what you um, what you were not compromising to as far as sound for your own band. Mm. It's really hard because I can only like talk for vocals. Yeah, because like right. most uh, instrumental influences from our guitarist, and he this is just, like a lot of grind and math stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I also do, but I'm more into like deathcore slam but the the stuff that got me into like vocals is actually like screamo <laughs> uh 
I started yeah. with uh, Bring Me the Horizon, yeah, the old stuff. Uh, it really was like the first thing. <laughs> um, yeah, what can I say as well? Um, like right now, a lot of influences by like the common uh, coming deathcore bands like Signs of the Swarm, yeah. You know, uh, mm, let's say like my friends in, in Mental Cruelty, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> shout out to um, Mental Cruelty, by all means. Well, I, awesome. I saw them in like 2019 and since then I, I'm like in contact with the singer and everything. And um, he was also like an inspiration for becoming like better in deathcore vocals. Right, same. Um, yeah, but as well, I like to to do those uh, really low guttural stuff. Yeah, and I think a lot of influence is from Insect Inside. They're like oh. not a really big band, but uh, I really like the style. They're really groovy, and yeah. the vocals are really fitting to the instrumentals. I agree. Um, uh, Two more, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm thinking about like, I don't really have a lot more for like influence for vocals. Maybe like okay. Body Snatcher or uh, or like lo local bands, which are like helped me to uh, give some tips or or like just the connection helped me to to get a better vocalist. Um, yeah. But two two albums that really were like important for my musical way would be yeah. like uh the lost forever lost together album by architects because i'm really into <laughs> into architects uh i love them i even have a tattoo oh um, fuck yeah that's cool yeah yeah um uh, and i'm just looking <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't really know who's who would be like the fifth band. Uh, right. Well, if anything, I would yeah. uh, I would ask the question instead of basically uh, you you're mentioning all these more local bands. You're mentioning like Mental Cruelty, yeah. Insect Inside, all these smaller underground bands. So then, uh, kind of taking a step back and you know not trying to ambush you with basically telling your whole recommended discography um outside <laughs> of what red means no mercy is because that's impossible i know it is for every artist because i mean i listen to yeah. more than 600 bands on spotify um on the regular and i have like 50 albums i think downloaded and saved to my spotify that way i can just listen to them whenever the hell i want so i get it um so yeah. in that case we'll go ahead and take a step back and i'll have to ask you how you got into music period where did it start? Did you start in death metal? Did you start in death core? Um, did you even start in pop? Because by all means, this is a, a this is a podcast about perspective, not just metals everything, fuck everything else. <laughs> like, no, we're we're no, we're all about uh, different perspectives. So take it away, sir. So as a as a League of Legends gamer, <laughs> I played a, uh, I, I listened to like a lot of dubstep in my early days and also like to metal dubstep it was like a really common thing especially for gaming it was really good but i never stayed in, in metal you know mm -hmm. and then then of course i had like a rap hip-hop phase because uh i got like some some friends here who listened to a lot of that but it wasn't for very long yeah i 
I said in my early times, yeah, I listened to like queer beat to everything, you know. Um, but when I got 15, um, I was like, yeah, I want to visit a concert because it's like, yeah, I never did that. And maybe I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought a Bring Me the Horizon ticket without even listening to them because I was like, I, I heard one song, I liked it. And I said, yeah, fuck it. I'll just buy it and go there. And um, then I started to listen more to them. Right. And first it was like the softer album, like the Sample Eternal, uh, That's the Spirit just came out. Yeah. Um, and then I, I pushed far, further into like the old stuff and got more into deathcore, starting with Chelsea Grin and everything. Yeah, you know. Chelsea Grin, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it pushed further into like harder music than... Then I got a really long hardcore phase. I still love and I, I still really enjoy hardcore. And uh, it's going into beatdown now because because beatdown is like actually like hard hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's like a mix now. But also I like to, to vibe to some, yeah, just like soft uh, music. I really love Starset. I, I Star saw them live in okay. 2019. And I really, really uh, started to like them. Yeah, and I think when I when I try to relax, I'm just listening to them. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's really cool. And Starset is uh, definitely one of those bands who recently jumped into a higher tier of the scene by signing on to Fearless. I forgot when they did, but I know that they're signed to Fearless Records currently, and they're kind of like the new IC Stars, um, for what it's worth. And I mean, Starset, IC Stars. They're like, oh, it's because there's a star in the name. I'm like, no. It's because it's basically kind of more pop-influenced metal, pop-influenced rock uh, with some EDM vibes in there, which is very, very hard to accomplish and get a following behind unless you have to be what is now Electric Cowboy because um, they changed their name recently. But, and I mean, shit, they're like one of Germany's biggest rock bands ever and they're not even like that heavy rock per se. But, I mean, huge, huge different like i don't even know um just a and really really they, good yeah. uh attack towards balance musically you you were gonna say something though i do apologize yeah i, I saw them i saw them three times already <clears throat> oh that's your um, cowboy and they were the third band yeah, yeah oh sick and it's really interesting how they changed because it's you know, in, in 2017, when I saw them first, or six, 16, I think, 16. Okay. Uh, it was a 400 people crowd. And, uh, like, you even, you, we, I even could talk uh, with your after show or like the other members from the bands who were playing. Uh, and now it's like, yeah, they got like full concert halls and they yeah. go more into the mainstream likable thing of of like listeners and i i mean of course a band has to change when they get bigger yes but i think like it's a really drastic change it's kind of sad by but i would still like i am still uh like trying to uh look at the way they will be in the future you know uh, yes. who knows what what else will happen to them 
exactly. And I, I completely understand what you're saying because um, it happens to almost every band. I mean, Beartooth is kind of jumping into that more mainstream vein of music media now to where they still uphold and they still, um, they still cherish their foundation. They still have that kind of uh, heavy rock kind of mental disorder awareness vibe that they've always had. But I would dare say that bands like Beartooth now are kind of jumping into more of like the replacement for even ACDC, which I have to say I would not mind at all if Beartooth ended up being the new ACDC. Bands like Asking Alexandra, who I've met in person and had like our conversations with each, um, they're now jumping more into the vein of Led Zeppelin and just kind of like that really horse like country slash hard rock vibe talking about real shit but nonetheless a lot lighter than what they used to be but then i'm at least speaking for asking alexandra um i've looked into interviews and stuff and uh, everybody's talking about it just bands like asking alexandra that used to be so much heavier than what they are now and they're like dude we write the music that we feel is applicable for that period in time so like a house and fire being their last record with sumerian records um it definitely helped push and start kickstart their new led zeppelin-esque era it really started with the self-titled when danny came back but with like a house on fire they started jumping into the more of the vein of classic just 80s rock and then with this newer record, see what's on the inside. Um, I'm saying all this because obviously I'm a fan and I've been checking out their music for years now. Um, see what's on the inside was literally an album that, quote, we made by isolating ourselves in a cabin in the woods. We turned off our phones. We weren't even talking with their family and we just made an album. That is honesty. That is transparency. And that to me is what real music is. And speaking, kind of going full circle back to Eskimo Callboy, I remember back in the day when they were a lot heavier. I think one of their one of the first songs I ever heard by them was their feature with uh, Franz of Attila, which I'm like, oh shit, because back then I was a huge Attila fan. And you know, with Pump It or Hypa Hypa, they went into this new strange like clickbait vibe or clickbait vein of the musical media. And I love it, but I really wonder where they're going to go next with it. You know what I mean? Especially when they milked just Hypa Hypa into a full fucking EP with like a couple remixes, a couple renditions of the song with features on it, different music videos for the same song. I'm like, what's going on here? (laughs) But um, it's definitely... I, I can agree with you that it's strange to see bands uh, claim to evolve in certain certain situations um, when it doesn't seem like they're even putting that much effort into the music anymore. But you're like, okay, I've listened to them for long enough, so I might as well try out what they're doing now and see if I like it. Give it a chance. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely hit or miss. I know that there are even now plenty of bands that I used to listen to and have been listening to for ages now. And I'm like, hmm, uh, not really with it anymore. <laughs> like, they, I, I love that they're being different and they're not just milking the same album three different times to earn three times the profit for the same sound. But <laughs> like... There's a difference between absolutely changing your whole branding, changing your whole identity as a band, and just twisting it and kind of disfiguring it in the right way to fit the formula, but also to jump 
forward, which I think Slipknot does the best. But <laughs> I do appreciate the commentary that you have provided so far, Mr. Geo. Um, as we kind of continue talking a little bit more about you and then jumping into the juicy questions that I always have for the bands that I interview. And um, to kind of review upon your top five, um, we discussed Body Snatcher, we discussed Mental Cruelty, Insect Inside, and a couple other bands. So as a musician, kind of plucking the I'm a, I'm a heavy vocalist for a borderline beatdown band, um, kind of plucking that away, Five records, or that's four, five records that you would recommend to any music enthusiast ever. And we will go ahead and put that in the comments section. Okay. Uh, EPs are also okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the Only Here EP by FromJoy. I really, really love it. It's a US Mavcore band. At least I think it's going to this way. Okay. And they have a really, really good ambience. Uh, it came out uh, last year. It's only three songs, but there's so much emotion in it. It's, it's like perfect. Right. <laughs> I'm listening to it every now and then. Yeah. No, You're, caught it's... You're caught up. Again. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I would say uh, Diamond by Stick to Your Guns. Oh, okay. I think okay. the message is really good. I also got a tattoo. <laughs> It's fucking sick. I'm a big stick um, to your guns fan. That's awesome. Yeah, I really love them. Uh, I, I didn't see them too much, too often, like two times, I think. Okay. Uh, but it was, it's like a really inspirational thing if you think about uh, like how we treat other humans and everything. And like the songwriting is really good and uh, the message is good. So, I right. can only recommend it. Um, also, I would say Vessels 2.0 by Starset. As I already said, Starset is like, yeah, I, I just love it. Like, it has so much uh, different things, and they're like also trying new things with the whole EDM style, uh, but like not in a pushing way, but in like, yeah, how can I get a good atmosphere? And you know, there's like the Vessels and the Vessels 2.0 version. It just has like some dubstep remixes in it and and like um, some acoustic stuff. And I think one song was uh, like remade and they just like put some new, new things in it and it was really good. Cool. Yeah, I think it's like 17 songs in like the whole album. Sick. I, I'm, I'm still waiting to get like uh, a vinyl of it, but it's like oh, yeah. impossible. There are like two online on Discogs, but they're like $300 and you don't even know if you get it. Oh, that <laughs> sucks, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm, two more. Uh, I don't know if I would actually already say that it's like a top five, but I really love the new Fit One Autopsy. Hey, the okay. One that just came out this year. Yeah, yeah, that would be Oh, What it, the Future Holds. Like, yeah, I, I really love Gojira, and I think they really got like a, a whole lot of stuff from Gojira in there. Yeah, um, definitely. It's an absolutely must-have. I have it on vinyl. I ordered it from America, and, and I really love it. 
Hell yeah. Um, yeah, of course, I have to say the Lost Forever Lost Together by Architects. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just like every emotion I had in my whole uh, teenage teenage uh, years, like in one album. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have to go with it. I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, folks. That is indeed five records. That is five recommended bands. And like we've, to say the least, people, we've had a good conversation with Gio concerning his musical background. He's told us a lot about where he's from, um, what he plans to do outside of music, which is really, really cool. And I mean, there are people like Joe Bad from Fit for an Autopsy that is actually a barber at yeah. a barber shop. Uh, shop barber shop back where i'm from in arizona which is super cool if you haven't visited continental barber shop i would seriously recommend it even though i haven't been there i'm just shamelessly plugging joe and uh, matt honeycutt from kublai <laughs> khan because they're both badass and um i mean there there are plenty of other people in the scene who have uh occupations outside of being a heavy vocalist or a guitarist so kudos to you man i really hope that goes well but as we migrate into the second half hour of the anatomy podcast session we have here today the 18th episode which is super cool work very very close to 20 and we've been interviewing so many just awesome distinguishable unique bands um but as we move into the second session or the second part of the session we discuss the juicy questions about the band itself and who better to answer these questions than the vocalist i can only assume the founder of the band right yeah yeah there we go. Sick. So definitely the, the, it's right on the money there. But first question being, how was the name Red Means No Mercy for the band established? What is the story behind this, man? There's, there's, yeah, so like we had just discussed back then, yeah, what would be a good band name? We didn't even like really think about it lot of things <laughs> and uh our old guitarist just recommended it he was like yeah and we were like yeah let's go and okay. uh also because like the first song we had we had written was uh, called no mercy so we were like yeah it fits <laughs> and right. um so but the thing is we are now trying to give the name a meaning you know mm -hmm. in, in songs which is always good yeah <laughs> And uh, is yeah. meaning that you're trying to kind of, uh, let's see, let's see, what's the best term, concrete for the name? Um, being that it coincides and is inside the lyrics, you're trying to dissect something and put something together. Up to this point, is the meaning um, deriving from newer songs or songs off of Moth Eater and the EP from last year? Uh, I couldn't hear the whole question could you repeat it <laughs> yes of course no problem so um the meaning of the band's name is that deriving and being plucked yeah. from uh songs already released or songs that have yet to be released by red means no mercy so uh we already have uh one song where the feature guests actually tried to include the band name okay um like like saying yeah this is red means the mercy and uh we we won't show mercy and everything and <laughs> stuff like this uh but uh also there was like 
were like, oh, maybe it's not like the best band him to tour in Russia because they could think <laughs> like, oh yeah, red, red is not good. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. Um, that's actually pretty interesting. And you know, no shame yeah. in it. I, I know you were laughing earlier because you're like, oh shit, there isn't really a meaning behind it. But I mean, the fact of the matter is <laughs> at the end of the day, all you guys are assembled and are working towards a project like this for a reason. So at the very least, at this point, for you, do you have a headcanon reason for um, like what the name Red Means No Mercy could mean? Whether a very vague concept narrative or maybe a reference to something in history, um, anything like that. Have you uh, decided to conjure your own headcanon for the name? So I would say I'm, I'm still trying. I once wrote a song where I tried to like absolutely give give the name a meaning in the song, but mm -hmm. then the band was like, "Yeah, it's not like the best lyrics," so we we didn't take it. But it was mm -hmm. like, like uh, yeah, like we are all together and we stand for one thing. And if you say something like against the thing, or if you are like trying uh, to debate on like human rights or like basic uh basic uh what how could i say it like basic common sense then we were like we will show no mercy to like put uh, some sense into you you know right right so in that case um i would have to ask briefly like what has been the goal uh for red means no mercy as far as what it's trying to push forward with lyrical agenda. So I can see that you're definitely trying to get something together at this moment, which sorry for ambushing yeah. you and you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck improv. Um, no, no, I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I knew this question would come. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were kind of prepared for it. So <laughs> from what I'm understanding, um, a lot of the discography of Red Means No Mercy so far, from what you're stating right here in person, is more or less promoting the basic uh, level, the surface level of human rights, common sense and stuff. And it's like, if you can't understand that, then we will show you no mercy. So in that case, um, does even the word red have a specific meaning? Does it stand for freedom? Does it stand for basic human understanding? Because red, after all, it's a color, but it's interpreted in so many ways in pop culture. Red can be blood. Red can be love. It can be the color of war. It can, be, it can be the color of warmth. And, you know, war and warmth, those are two different words. So much, like, such an incredibly different meaning. But there's only about two, there's, let's see, there's only a two-letter difference between those words. So red being such a bold color, it, you know, freaking merch branding yeah. for companies like McDonald's or even Burger King, it's also kind of a marketable color for just pushing <laughs> forward and i'm not even kidding like um it's it's a it's a color that you use to kind of hasten people like hey come and get this good food even though it's pumped with sodium and all this other garbage like you know come and get our food i'm loving it he he like that type of shit so with that in mind um red means no mercy i would think it's like it's meant to be very very bold and it's meant to be a bold a message for all of your listeners and all of those who oppose basic human rights and uh, basic human understanding. 
empathy, empathy, sympathy, and just understanding that war is not the answer for one reason. So in that case, could you confirm in this moment that red means no mercy? It's definitely more of an applicable statement, but it could be by all means just kind of opposing that of tyranny, of abuse of power, of abuse of anything, um, and just kind of like making sure to stay human, stay humble, stay modest, and don't get a fucking, don't grow an ego out of your dick, because then, like the cancer it is, someone will castrate you at, at you know, at some point in time, which is a very bold way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> So, I can, yeah. So, the thing is, we are trying to not, not only like musically, but lyrically, we try to put like hard themes into it and try to get it as hard as it can get. And also, with like the themes we are mm -hmm. talking about, the topics. Yeah. And um, I would say, uh, like, Red is also like such a heavy color because, as you say, it's like it can be love, it can be it can be death. Um, so, and we also have all those topics like like uh, sexual uh, exploitation or like poverty or yeah, as you say, like war. I even wrote a song like about war now for the next record because obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, we're trying to get like all those heavy themes together and like push it. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you already said, like the the color red, really uh, stands for like the heaviness, yeah, of, of the uh, problems in this world. Right. So in that case, red means no mercy could easily be the um, you know just like the basic all of those elements. Um, if you invoke those and force those upon the wrong people, it means no mercy. And especially us with our lyrical content, with what we have yet to release as people. War means no mercy. Love can also mean no mercy. So it's almost a statement of perspective. If you apply red the right way, you know, no matter what it is, whether marketing agenda, war, love, or even warmth, if you force that upon someone, it can invoke an almost merciless result. Yeah, yeah, absolutely there, right. <laughs> there you go, and there you go. I have, <laughs> I have provided a summary. Something like you have solved, you have solved a long year topic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. So, basically, my next question concerning the band would be more or less how you ended up plucking all of the other members from the German music scene and. How did you uh, how did you all end up deciding on the current lineup? Have there been any lineup changes? Um, and obviously, whatever you wish to not discuss, that's completely fine. More or less, we on the Anatomy Podcast here are trying to learn as much as possible that you deem worthy um, that is important to know about this band. So right now, it would be just asking the lineup, lineup changes. How are the members decided? So um, we had a lot of lineup changes in the beginning because we we just started. We didn't even know which genre genre we are going to do. Uh, we still know each other for like we we knew each other for like three to six months, you know. And um, actually, in the 
current lineup, there's only two founding members, me and our guitarist, Nico. Okay. Um, <clears throat> our drummer and bassist and half later uh, we already uh, dropped a demo album yes you can hear me right yes okay yeah and um we had like some people who tried to do it but then like the one drummer said yeah uh i can't play it or the other said yeah it's like just not my type of music i will help you like for this concert but then then i will leave the band because it's just not for me and it was right. okay because if you don't want it, just don't do it because it would be just pain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like uh, it's nothing we we have to hide, you know. It's like the members we know it, people knew it, and it's okay, you know. We we don't yeah. have any bad blood with the people. Uh, they just didn't feel like it, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, a drama. Yeah, uh, actually. Uh, pretty funny story uh he joined the band because he was the ex-boyfriend from my ex-girlfriend and she knew that he's a drummer and we were looking for one you know and yeah. then we just asked him to to join you know and then he joined and the story of the basis is even funnier because he moved here to study and i saw him at a bus station and i saw he was wearing a white chapel cap and i talked to him <laughs> and then i said yeah like we have a band we are looking for a guitarist and then uh he contacted me and uh contacted me and then we we were hanging out he joined in our uh um uh, yeah he joined the band like after a month but uh we we didn't leave him as a guitarist because he just couldn't play like everything and we had to move forward and our guitarist who was really really good i'm not even like trying to push the band i'm just pushing him as a person because he yeah. puts a lot of drive and a lot of uh yeah creativity in it you know he's like recording his stuff at home he's writing a lot of stuff and then we we push it you know and uh yeah so he became our bassist and we had a guitarist called Michael. He was there for one year, I think. Uh, yeah, but he also left because, like, he became a SoundCloud rapper, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then then we we got a new guitarist uh, from our local scene, who was, like, in, in some local bands already, who joined us, like, a half, half a year ago, I think. Uh, we already played some shows with him, and it's working really well. Yeah, and we try, and he's like, he will push some some more slam elements into the new music, you know. Fuck yeah, cool. And the the cool thing is, like, over time, at least over the last year since I first started this uh, this anatomy podcast and do what I do, which is basically talent scout. I look for bands that I can easily, easily, easily distinguish from others. And that's really who I reach out to. That's really who I'm like, hey, I would love to tell your story, tell the history of your band, tell the story people-wise, human-wise about all the members, and then ask all the juicy questions per the name. Um, when I found your band, I noticed that you guys were on Slam Worldwide a lot. And not only that, but there were plenty of people reacting to your content, such as Hardcore Keem, Metal Burb, uh, Hardcore, 
and really we all were, these. We were, oh, other, we were the top years. What's up? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we weren't at like hardcore chem yet, but there were like some smaller people who reacted and it was really cool. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but at the very least, saw that plenty of people react were, were reacting to your content, and I can't lie, one of the most one of the coolest things I noticed about your band was actually the way you guys did your logo or the way you had your logo done. I thought it was a uh, very unique and distinguishable because other than being a heavy vocalist, I'm also a logo designer or I'm trying to get into that field. <laughs> so I'm like, Ooh, I actually kind of like the way that one looks. It, it might be messy. It might be what I was doing in middle school and high school, but nonetheless, people seem to like this music. I like the logo. Let's try to get them on. And here we are. Um, but yeah, super, super cool. Um, telling me the history, the legacy of all of the band members thus far. Um, let's see. So have you guys? Uh, you guys have played a couple shows. That's what. That's what you said uh, last year, right? Yeah, uh, we played three shows because of obviously COVID. Yeah. isn't like really, really well done with in Germany at least. They are like really strict with the rules. Yes. Um, so in that case, uh, have you had any like crazy in-person concert experiences or maybe some, uh, amazing interactions instead with fans, like just coming up to you and being like, Red No Mercy is super badass or even fucking Luca from Mental Cruelty showing up and be like, yes, I like this very much. Um, tell me the, the worst and best stories that you guys have had, uh, with your live shows so far. So the thing is, it's like the worst and best story together. It was oh. uh, was um, in Herford. It's it's like one and a half hours from our place here. Okay. And we had like a really beat down lineup, and then there were us like in on fourth place playing. <laughs> and you know, like I was also organizing the event, so it was oh. like also on me. And uh, you know, at beatdown shows, especially like in Germany, there are people obviously punching each other. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was like one guy who was like, yeah, I'm going to sue you because because that one guy uh, punched me uh, on the head. You know, I even have the video. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it was like uh, Harlequin played. I don't know if you know them Ooh, from worldwide, yeah. maybe as well. No, yeah, they're I'm... like re really cool people. Um and the music is like really heavy and uh yeah like that guy punched him and yeah he was going outside after it because he he just didn't want to deal with it and then we talked outside with him we were like yeah uh it's not too bad and like uh, let's try to get the best of it you know like yeah it happened we can't we can't do it uh we can like rewind and um then he was like yeah uh, you are, you can be happy that I didn't call the police or something. And oh uh, then, <laughs> then a meme a meme war started online where he he was posting on Facebook on the event page. He was like, "Yeah, how how can th there's such a bad organization? Like people punching each other and everything." And we even like like weeks before the show, there were like already comments like, "Yeah, are we allowed to like?" do violent dancing and stuff it was like yeah of course because that's like what the show is about <laughs> and he, he was still coming he knew it yeah you know he, he was like even following like the facebook conversations and everything and we were like yeah 
you could have guessed it that like at a beatdown show, beatdown literally means to beat someone beat down. down. Yeah. That like, this might happen. Yeah, it might happen, you know. And then you, I don't know if you know Spawn of Disgust. No, I don't know them. Okay, it's like uh like one of the biggest beatdown bands in Germany. They even reposted like the stuff from him <laughs> because it was like too funny and like the whole scene was like dude what the fuck and now like a week ago yeah it, it had it was like four months ago the concert mm -hmm. a week ago he was uh he was uh saying oh i'm so sorry uh it was just like why why now <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's really funny it's like dude with, with exactly what you just said which shows like that where it's literally just iq lowering beat down and you go there to beat the shit out of people in a friendly and, you know, consented way. Like, what the fuck do you expect? <laughs> like, that's that's the one place where you can beat on people and you're allowed <laughs> to. You won't get arrested for it. And that's what I think is really uh, encouraging yeah. and welcoming about the culture, not the violence. I'm going to state that right now on my half. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Not the violence, but just, you know, being <laughs> able to let loose because life is hard for everybody. And especially when you're kind of in, you're under the, the strings of the capitalist agenda, the communist agenda, wherever you're from, it's hard. It gets hard to contribute to the machine, the competitive, excessively competitive machine that is the societies that we live in. So when you go to, when you go to a beatdown show, you know about the band. You're plugged into the community. You're plugged into the culture. You're aware of how things go at shows. Do not expect for people not to beat the fuck out of you if you welcome it, okay? Like, that's why you do this. This is a classic one. If you nudge someone like this who is in the pit because they're going freaking Saiyan Ninja and shit, flopping their arms around and legs around like they're about to fucking verse against Goku or even Aang from Avatar. Like, you just do this, and this is like, hey, I don't want to be fucked with. Don't punch me, please. Don't roundhouse me in the face. Otherwise, good luck, friend. <laughs> like, that's that's what's going to happen. I've heard of such worse predicaments, too. Like a dude, uh, there is a there is a AZ local band called Earthwalker. It's basically uh, doom drone metal, um, which is basically just slower blackened metal or black metal, but without the black metal label, without the corpse paint. Blah, 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 just really despairing and talking about how much I want to die. Like, Earthwalker <laughs> is one of the only Doom bands I know with a female vocalist. And I've heard of shows like that where people walk out with a, a wooden plank that had nails and someone just fucking smacked it into their leg. The nail is almost all the way through the leg and they're having to leave because they're bleeding out. Now, that, that's a different story. Do not go to shows if you don't, like, don't yeah. go to underground, underground, like, deep house party beatdown shows if you don't want that, basically. But I think that is really funny. Yeah. And it's ironic that you guys had to run into that. And then a little bit later, four months ago, he's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone to the show. I shouldn't have been in the pit if I didn't want to get socked in the fucking face. Because that's just how it works. But that's that's just that's just yeah. a strange culture we have going on, man. I I I'm like I'm not for violence, but I think 
if there's like this community where you know you can do it there yeah. and everyone's okay with it and you know there will be this event go there have fun but if you know you can't handle it just don't go there and it's it's fine and everyone is happy you know yeah exactly if i if i don't want to punch each other and listen to like deathcore i go to like chelsea grin you know like for example yeah and if i want like to really punch each other in the face i just go to a local beatdown show i don't know you know yeah. or if i if i want to cry i go to like a metalcore concert I, I don't know. <laughs> something, something like this <laughs> That's a good way to summarize it, Ashley. I love that. Because <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, the last metalcore show I went to to go see uh, Wage War, Polaris, and other metalcore bands, I was in the front mm -hmm. the whole time. I wasn't paying attention to the pit. And I was just singing along and even crying along to the Wage War songs because I'm an emotional freaking wreck, okay? And that's okay. That's just going to happen sometimes. But yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's that's what it's for. If you want to get beat the fuck out and get stupid drunk, possibly run into nazis then go to a local beatdown show if you want to uh at least get roundhoused in the gut in the nads and then the face you go to a body snatcher show because that happened to me that that was fun for what it's worth <laughs> if you want to get thrown midair um go to a spite show because i got thrown midair and then i actually rolled into the fucking king 810 uh, merch table i felt beer spill over they're like hey and then i just ran back into the pit because i'm like i'm not dealing with that <laughs> like it's not my fault not really um <laughs> but i mean shit happens shit happens all the time at these shows but at least yeah, you're not yeah. actually getting asphyxiated and dying like a travis scott show which i have to bring that up because that was fucking ludicrous yeah, that was yeah. an absolute nightmare that was a joke of a show and at this point, it's like, dude, if you endorse Travis Scott, you better at least know what happened that night. Because multiple people died. Multiple people had to go to the ER because of it. And Travis is just continuing to play as he's looking at these legitimate dead bodies that are being crowd surfed out of the pit. Like, that's fucking crazy to me. It's crazy. It's culty. But it's like with that show, that's not really what that was meant for. It, it wasn't meant to be a place where you get asphyxiated, suffocated, and die like that's not really where you're supposed to do that and in fact you're not supposed to do that any show so take care of each other people please and thank you at these metal shows at these local beatdown shows at these deathcore <laughs> shows at these metalcore shows like hashtag as long as it's not travis ryan let's let's get it trending because i will never forgive what happened that night all those people involved who were just fucking rushing the go-kart because he was trying to give Someone in the middle of the crowd, CPR, and everybody's just dancing around it as if it's, you know, as if the dude's having a good trip instead. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Um, but moving on to the last question for this session concerning Red yeah. Means No Mercy with commentary provided by none other than Gio, um, who's been an absolute awesome guest. And I do appreciate your time today. Um, I have to ask, with you mentioning new music and the new content um, that you are trying to uh, create right now for Red Means No Mercy with topics concerning and bringing awareness to how bad, how inexcusable war is and all that, what is next for Red Means No Mercy? What can we expect either this year or next year 
as vague as possible because I'm sure you guys have to keep that behind at least a layer of closed curtains. Um, tell us what's next for Red Means No Mercy. So first I have to uh, like say, talk about the merch drop we just had. It sold out after 45 minutes. Uh, That's fucking cool. Where it were like uh, our last EP for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> you can just like listen on the Game Boy to our music. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It was so crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like that's a thing we will absolutely do with the next release. Um, it will probably be a double EP. So yeah, you know, uh, like two EPs in like one album. <laughs> Oh, right. Um, right. So, yeah, we, are pro- we will probably release, like, the first EP and then, like, two months after, like, the second, and then it's, like, the whole thing. But the oh, CDs yeah. will be, like, the CDs will be one. We will try to do, like, vinyl. I'm at least hoping we can do it <laughs> because it's, like, always, like, a. it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not cheap. Yeah, then we, we are, like, we are writing on songs right now. We have, I think, like five finished instrumentals. Um, and we, we dropped the EP like in October. Yeah, you know, like we are working pretty fast um, on our music because we have like a lot of stuff saved and are always like pushing it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I finally have like some recording equipment at home, like the Shure SM7B, you know it? Uh, yeah. Uh, but like since I got like a lot of stuff for university to, to do I, I can't really re- record right now so it will be probably at, at like the end of April and uh, yeah we're, we will try to be done with the next release in like July maybe okay. and do the first music video in like in summer maybe August September um, yeah because we never really did music videos, we only have like those instrument, uh, the, those uh, like the visual- visualizers. Yeah, visualizers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it will be like the first time really putting a lot of money into stuff. And I have a lot of fear how how it will turn out, but we will try to get like the biggest out of the next release we can do. Yeah, and I'll be pushing pushing my vocals. We'll be pushing instrumentals and try to to create something new uh we we got like some new influences into the music we'll try to try new stuff and uh show how it and and see how it will turn out in the end you know right so if just to kind of recap because there might be some people asking the same question after you know seeing the session but the last ep that you guys wrote and released is this contributing to the two EP full length or are these next no, two no, no. different things? Okay, so these next two are different EPs and then they'll be combining to make yeah. one album later on. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. So with that being so said... Be like 12 to, yeah, it will be like 12 to 13 songs, I think. Yeah. Oh, sick. 12, 14, yeah, something like this. Cool, yeah, I can't wait. So ladies and gentlemen... It is currently 2.03 p.m. It is actually an hour since we started the session. And we did the 18th episode with Gio from Red Means No Mercy. And at a different point, 
maybe even tonight, if Mr. Geo is willing, um, we will be doing under the skin sessions for that of Moth Eater and the latest EP. Otherwise, though, hope you guys enjoyed. We will be getting this uploaded to Spotify and YouTube as soon as possible, I promise. And stay tuned for we have the next couple guests being Golgothan. We have, uh, let's see, Sorrow Eater, Capture in the Rye, Vile Impregnation, and plenty more. Plenty more. I'm super excited. This podcast is getting bigger. Thank you to everybody who's been following us on Spotify. And Gio, thank you for your time here on the Anatomy Podcast. It's a pleasure. <laughs>